Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. do recognize, and I want you to know that we are a church, we, we recognize that it can be scary coming to church for a first time just to kind of come around a new gathering of people. Um, we recognize that schedules are busy. Um, in fact, I, I think more these days we kind of have competitions of who's like busier in our lives and things like that. And I would actually encourage us to slow down a little bit. That's another sermon for some other time. Um, but, you know, there's such power in us joining together and, and becoming relational with one another. And so we're not trying to force you into something, and we recognize the busyness, but what we have, the environments that we try to create and engage are environments that you can step into anytime that you want. We do that on purpose. Um, we just want you to be able to, like, if your schedule fits, that you can try something one night and you don't feel like, well, man, I haven't been here for months, so I don't know what's going on. We also do kind of like semesters when it comes to what we call a grow group so that we don't feel like we have to, like, be obligated for the entire year. So we try to fit those semesters in in a, in a good season of the year where that makes sense for most people. And then we, um, we also have what we call connect groups. And connect groups are literally just that. They're just a place that you don't have to feel obligated. You might feel a little goofy the first time you go or something like that. But it's just meant to have a good time with other people that share common heart, common mind with you, and that you guys can come together. Groups are just so important. That's like Jedi right there. Uh, so important um, that we... Um, that we connect as a local church is what I'm trying to say. So I just really want to encourage you in that, and, um, and that's, that's that. So there. And I just wanted to put the plug that your pastor is saving money by not paying the $30, you know, that's just. Um, but we're in a conversation about um, change your mind, change your world. And I've kind of been saying this since the, the, the beginning of the year, is that I, I truly believe that God wants to change your world. And I get excited when I say that because I don't believe in a little God because he just doesn't exist. Our creator is all-powerful, almighty. He's a provider. He, he has plans for you that you cannot even imagine. He has plans of a good future, not to harm you, but to prosper you. This is a freedom that we can live in when we know Jesus. I mean, that's just a truth that's amazing. And so I believe that that creator wants to change your world, not just, a, not just in a little area. I think he profoundly wants to do something special inside of you that will change your entire world around you. And, and I'm excited to talk about that. So we're, we're just kind of having this conversation of change your mind, change your world, because a lot of the battle is in our minds. And so today, um, as we continue on this conversation, I'll explain this as we go. I want you to understand that I'm giving a scientific perspective, the best that I can, because I am no professor, believe me. We do have one of those in the house. Um, I'm no professor in that area. But then I'm also going to give the, the biblical uh, perspective of that. And so I think that they line up very beautifully in this, and it can help us even understand even more why these things kind of affect us. Amen? All right. So we'll, we'll get moving. So we're going to be, um, today, you know, it's, it's change your mind, change your world. We're talking about training 
your mind. I'm excited about talking about this because I think that this is such a good practical message that we can leave here with something that we can all do, we can all apply, and I think we all want to do that. And so we're going to be in Philippians 4. We're not going to go there yet, but I would just ask the question. We can raise our hands and embarrass ourselves a little bit this morning, but how many people in here feel like at times you can behave a little irrational? Anybody in here? All right, you know, just make that, like, that bad decision, like, just poor timing. And if somebody didn't raise their hand, just look at them and kind of give them the eye roll, you know, like, that's, no, I'm just kidding, don't do that. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I mean, I know some of us, you know, especially starting off the new year, there's, like, all those diets, right? You go, like, two, three days, and, and you, you um, you're just doing great. It's like, oh, man, it's been, like, salads and, ener- or not energy drinks, but, like, you know, good water, whatever. Yeah, energy drinks would kind of break that. You get what I'm saying. But then all of a sudden you take a, like a little nibble of your kid's donut. Next thing you know, you're like two dozen in and you don't know why. You're crying. You're like, am I happy because, you know, whatever. It's just you're just messed up, right? Um, maybe you have this like big test tomorrow, but you're just like, I mean, I don't know. I get like this sometimes on deadlines. and It's like you just cannot focus. You can't focus your mind. So you end up playing Fortnite all night long with your friends or like whatever happens there. I don't know what you kids do these days. But anyhow, you know, whatever that is to relieve that stress, you kind of procrastinate. And, and, and then there you are. You're just kind of making this irrational decision. It's a horrible decision. It doesn't make you any closer or ready for the test. Maybe you've uh, made a decision to get out of debt. And all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know what it is with Kohl's, but you, they're, they're like tell you that you save like a million dollars on like a $5 item. So you have to buy it. You can't lose money on this, right? And so um, they just got to figure it out. It's like you still spent the money, but anyhow, that's neither here nor there. So you go and, you know, you make yourself feel a little bit better by buying a new pair of shoes or whatever that might be. I think we're understanding. Some of you, you know, you're, you, uh, you've dated the same guy for like the last, your whole life and it just keeps not working out. Like the last 10, 15, 20 times. But you're just going to go in one more time for that same guy or that same girl, and there you are left. It's just a, you know, irrational behavior, poor decision. You get it. So the question is, why do we behave irrationally? Why do we behave like this? And, and I don't know if this is all the time, but I would say that most of the time it's because we have our wires crossed. You know, and, and what I mean by that is like, Um, I don't even know if, I'm seriously not a technical guy, but I think you can do this because I feel like I remember something like this in high school, but where you could like cross wire like your blinker with your horn, so every time you turn on like your blinker, it's like, "Eh, eh, eh," you know, beep, like like we get cross wired, or I tried putting up a fan in my house, I'm telling you, I'm not mechanical, so don't laugh at me, but I just, it was like a three-way switch, I could not figure this thing out, all of a sudden I'm like turning this light on, and the kitchen lights are going on, and I'm shutting it off, and then the fan's turning on, on this switch over here it was just like a big mess and it's just because it's just getting cross-wired it's just it's not necessarily the wrong information but it's just on the wrong path and I think we I think we do that often in our lives and that's why that we say we need to change our mind and change our world when we change our mind when we change the way we think it actually creates new pathways and we can change our world and that's what I want to continue to talk about today. Like, neural pathways are a real thing. There's studies out there, and you can go beyond me. 
um, and, and look this stuff up for yourself if you want to, but it's actually changing the way that scientists look at the brain because it's realizing that the way that we think actually changes your brain chemistry. It changes your body, and, and stress has such a big play on our brains and, and things like that, and so the way we think really does matter. We should be thinking about what we're thinking about. And these neural pathways, uh, they just, our, our experiences bring these new pathways in. For example, like when we're a baby and we smile and we see our mom say like, oh, go, go, ga, ga, and she's smiling, we think, oh, smiling's good. That's a neural pathway. Or as we're a toddler, maybe a little bit older, whatever, and we walk by a hot stove and it's like, ah, that's hot. There's a neural pathway saying that equals hot I'm going to remember that. The wiring is good there, you know, and it moves on, so forth and so, so on. You know, when a baby cries and you're a new mom, I remember, like, I get this, like, um, I don't know what it is. I've actually never even experienced anybody choking that I can remember. I am, like, the weirdest person when somebody's choking. So our daughter, our daughter, you know, first, first child, we have three now, but she would just cough in the back seat. And instead of, like, keeping the car on the road and being, like, normal and letting the wife deal with it, I'd, like, let go of the wheel, almost jump in the back and be like, what's going on with her? Meanwhile, like, the car is everywhere. Like, that's not rational thinking. I am not kidding. I almost put us into a couple ditches because my daughter just had a hiccup or something like that. Choking just freaks me out. I don't know what the deal is with it. I'm getting better as I've had three kids. But, but these are, this is what I'm talking about is your brain, it just, it just creates these neural pathways. And, and, and experience uh, really changes that. So our minds are constantly evolving. They're constantly changing. And our brain uh, is creating these new things. So the more you think a thought... Hear this, the more you think a thought, the easier it is to continue to think that thought. Last week we talked about, you know, like if you see like a deer that walks through the woods, you know, or like a, a, a herd of deer or whatever, as they walk through, you know, the grass might be this high, but then as they continue that on, it beats it down and it's easier for them to move back and forth and they kind of stay on that trail and things like that. That's exactly what our brains do. As we think a thought, it's easier to get back to that thought the next time and so on and so forth. Is everybody with me? I feel like I'm like science teacher right now. Just want to make sure we're still having fun here this morning. We're going to move on. Um, so that's what our brains do. And so it's, it's easier to think that. Now that's good news when we think, man, we're on a pathway for God's truth. Right? That's, that's great news. When, when it's easier for us to remember God's truth and we're on that path and we've created that pathway, that's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Where it gets a little bit scary, a little bit nerve-wracking is when we've believed a lie from the enemy and we're creating that in our brains. And that's really what we're talking about when we say change your mind, change your world. Because a lot of the battle, a lot of the battles, most battles of life are really won or they're lost in our minds it's, it's kind of a mix between God's truth about who you are and the enemy's lies about who you are. See, science would say that it's rewiring and you're cross-wired. I think God's word would say that it's renewing your mind. I don't think, I know. It's renewing the way that you think. That's why I'm mirroring these two. Science would tell us that it's rewiring. God would say it is renewing your mind. And that's what we are going to continue on with today. We're talking about Paul. Paul is like, I don't know, he's just the man. 
That's just the way it is. He's just, uh, you'll find him in the Bible, and, and he, was, um, he was kind of a knucklehead early on. You know, he, he persecuted the church. He, he was, like, all against the church and everything. And then he had this one moment with Jesus. And that, this is, like, in my mind, maybe it's just me, but it's, like, that picture of when Paul has this moment with Jesus, and Jesus kind of says, hey, I'm real, this is what you're doing, this is what I want you to do. It's so unique because what you have to know here today, if you don't even hear anything else of what this message is themed about, hear this. A moment, one moment with Jesus will change your entire destiny. It'll change your life. It should change your life. It'll change the way that you are with your friends. It'll change the way that you are with your finances. It'll change the way that you think. It'll change the way you wear your wedding ring. It'll change the way that you approach church and serve. It'll change the way that you parent. One moment with Jesus can change everything. Some of you feel like you've come in here this morning and you just have this baggage of sin that you have on your life and you just got to understand is that one moment can change everything because God loves you right where you are. In your darkest hour, he loves you as much as in your brightest hour. It's an unconditional love that none of us in our humanness or our finite minds can even comprehend. But he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants to help you renew your mind, rewire that cross-wiring, straighten it out, create new pathways that will help you live to your full potential that will change your mind and ultimately change your world. This is a big God that we serve. He wants to do something special in you. So we have Paul, and Paul talks about that, that the weapons that we have as believers, the weapons that we have, are not weapons of this world. They're, they're weapons that have divine power from heaven, divine power to break down, not only break down, but demolish strongholds in our life. So, so those, those uh, strongholds that we're believing, that the enemy's lies that he's creating in our life, we have weapons that can tear those down, demolish it. It never comes back. That's why I love this message so much, because we can be free. Paul got this, and he says, so what do we do? What do we do with that? That means on our part, we, we have faith in the believer. We believe that our sins have been dealt with, that Jesus has accomplished what he said he came to do. But we take, in our part, we take every thought captive, every thought and we wrestle with that. We take every thought captive to create a new pathway to believe God's truth over the enemy's lies. We wrestle with that. Paul really understood this and he got it. He, he just got it. He's in this scene here and he's chained in prison. He's awaiting uh, execution, basically. And he says some amazing things, like he teaches about um, the, the way that the Christian life should be lived. He talks about um, forgetting what's behind and uh, strive for what's ahead. He talks about running the race to win, that, that just like a fine athlete, you know, tunes his body to, to win, that we should be doing that in our spiritual lives, rejoicing in the Lord always. I mean, this is a guy getting ready to face death that he didn't deserve. These are the kind of things that were pouring out of him. Not, uh, he talks about do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Man, I need to be reminded of that sometimes. And then he says one last thing. He's like, but, but to, finish this, to finish this letter, 
to the church to finish what I want to say to the believers in Philippians 4, 8. I want, this is the last thing that I want to say. And so I've said all that, but you got to know, you got to hear. And he says this in Philippians 4, 8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, that's you and I in Christ, one final thing. Here it is. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And I don't have any, I don't, I'm not an English guy, but I'm pretty sure all those ands are not proper. I just wanted to say that. But this is where he goes with it. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Listen to this. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He got this. He understood that, that our humanness, our humanness often, when we get overwhelmed, when we get stressed out, when we get fearful, when we're not sure of, of what's to come next, when we're, when we're not understanding why things are happening around us and people are making certain decisions, or we, when, we're, when we're just in this, our tendency is like revenge, you know, like we kind of lean towards that like negative side, like, well, let's just get revenge on that person. They hurt me, I'm going to hurt them. Or boy, wait until they get theirs, right? Or, or I'm not worthy. I guess I just can't ever get that promotion because it's not happening, so I must not be worthy. We, we just lean towards that way. Man, I don't know what's coming around the corner, so the next thing you know, you're just a, you're a nod inside. Your guts are literally hurting. You're, you're actually physically hurting your organs by how anxious and stressed out you are. Paul understood this, and he says, you need to fix your thoughts. You need to train your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What great advice. F fix those pathways in your mind, you're, you're cross-wired. Let's get these straightened out, going in the right direction on God's truth and away from the enemy's lies. I love what the King's James Version says, and I, I don't often go there, but it's just wonderful how, it, how he ends the same, uh, same verse. It's Philippians 4.8. It says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Everybody say meditate. meditate. All right. Meditate on these things. I love it. Why does this matter? Why does it matter that we fix our thoughts on this? Why does it matter that we meditate on these things that are pure and true and lovely and admirable? Why does it matter? It matters because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your Strongest thoughts. When it co what comes into your mind comes out of your life. What comes into your mind comes out of your life. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Hear me. That's just truth this morning. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. If you don't control what you think, how can you ever control what you do? We have to think about what we think about. See, Jesus died on this cross for our sins. That is, the, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. But we are responsible about what goes into our minds. 
We are responsible about what comes out of our lives. There is responsibility there. And Paul understood this. Why do we often make irrational decisions? Probably simply because we just got a little bit of cross-wiring going on. We need to focus more on God's truth than the enemy's lies. So it would be true that we can train our minds. See, we understand when it comes to training our bodies, um, we understand that that's all good. See, I, um, I had a little bit, mm, probably not a good understanding of that. I thought if I go into the weight room and I just, you know, curl, you know, 150 pounds over and over again. I don't know if I could really curl that, probably not. But, you know, if I just do like a thousand of these things, then my buys are just going to be tore up. And I'm going to, you know, and I'd show you the tries, but I don't want to make anybody jealous. There is pretty good V right there. Um, but no, it's, <laughs> so why all the laughing? Seriously, I'm cut up up here. No. So I would just think like when I hit the gym that, that it's all about just, just doing the exercise, just pumping up. And part of that is, but then I'd wonder why, like, the spare tire wasn't going away, you know? Like, why when I run, is, is it, like, looks like a slow-motion music video all the time, and it's not slow-motion, it's just kind of moving around? Because what goes in the body is probably more important. The, the diet is important. I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know, everybody know what a blurpy is? I think that's what it's called, where you're like kind of on the ground, and then you have to get up, you stand up, you jump back down. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's intense. But I guess like if you do like a thousand of those, and you eat a handful of M&Ms, you might as well not have done the thousand of them kind of a thing. You see what I mean? It's very important what you put in your bodies. We understand that when it comes to training our muscles, when it comes to training our bodies. When, you know, if you go to the doctor and you have like a heart issue, the first thing he's going to probably talk to you about is diet. It matters what goes into your body. The same thing is true spiritually. If we want positive things to come out of our life, if we want the world to see that we are Jesus followers, it matters what we put into our mind. It matters because that comes out. Everybody with me? That comes out. So training our mind. And I just want to talk to you for the little time that we have left, very briefly, um, about a discipline that I'm working on and still working on. And I just want to share that with you because I think this is a practical thing to help us all move forward in this area. Something that I've been working on is the discipline of meditation. Okay? Stay with me for a minute because I know the minute I say that, minds are going, bloop, 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 bloop. what's he talking about? I promise it's going to be good. You're not going to be sad you came this morning. <laughs> All right, so the, 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 the discipline of meditating. And what we want to do is we want to meditate towards truth. Now, some of you are thinking like, okay, when you talk about meditation, are you going like new age on us or like one with the universe or empty your mind and it's like, hmm, you know, like that kind of stuff. no. That's not what I'm talking about at all. So stay with me here. Because the definition of meditation, the definition of meditation is to engage in a mental exercise, just like this. To engage in a mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. And so to show you that that's not dangerous when we talk about that word, even though it's kind of used in a lot of different Eastern religions, 
okay? It, when we talk about that is that we are, we are engaging in a mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. If you look in Psalm 119.15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I think about these things. I think about what I think about God. And, and I meditate, I'm, I'm considering what you're asking me to do and who you're asking me to be. I delight in your decrees. I listen to your word. I will not neglect your word. So I meditate. Joshua 1.9 says that he meditates on God's word day and night. He's thinking of that. He is focusing his thoughts on what is true, what is admirable, what is pure, what is lovely. He's, he's focusing that on, that his thoughts, but he's not just telling his mind, okay, I'm going to think about the good things in life. He says, no, no, I got to put some good things in there. I got to meditate on God's word. I got I to gotta get this stuff in, just like, you know, like you got to get your greens and your fibers and all that stuff. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, you, to, to get a healthy body, you have to put healthy things in your mind to create these new pathways to help you think a new way, to renew your thinking. Another verse that I could share with you is Psalms 143.5. It says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I think about, God, what you're doing in this local church. I see what your hands have accomplished over the years. I see where you're going in this city. Right? I, I think about these things. I meditate on these things. So, so where like the Eastern meditation would say, empty your mind... I'm saying the absolute opposite. Throw that out the window. I'm saying fill your mind. But think about what you're filling your mind with. Meditating on God's word, filling it with God's word, right? Filling it with things that are lovely and pure and admirable. Anything praiseworthy. Think about those things. That's what I'm talking about when I say I've been, I've been working on this. Because the, the reality of it is, is, Really training your mind to focus. Focusing is a skill, guys. I mean, maybe you guys got it better than I do, but I'm a little like, when I pray, like I can be, I can be like in prayer, and then I'm like, oh yeah, and, uh, the Lions are playing this Sunday, and then, um, oh yeah, Jesus, like again on the church, and man, I really got to get that thing done. I mean, I am like all over the place on when it comes to focus. I am not focused. Okay, that's just not the way my mind works. Even when I'm preaching up here, you guys, those of you that have been around, how many squirrels do I go, like trails do I go off on, right? I mean, I'm not a focused person. And so focusing your mind, it's a skill. It's something that, that we need to think about because Paul understood that. That's what he's talking about is I take every thought captive. I think about what I'm thinking about because what goes into our mind comes out of our life. It matters, it matters. My mind drifts, you know, I, I can genuinely, I can tell you that when I get overwhelmed or I get fearful, my mind drifts to the lies of the enemy, right? Like these strongholds, and, and stronghold is really a Greek word that really means fortified. It's like the, the enemy is putting you in a prison of your thoughts, brick by brick. And some of us have just been, you know, there's just been a lie surrounding us, and that's why we're not coming out of that prison. We need to recognize that lie so we can get out of that. When, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm fearful, when I don't really know what's coming around, I'll just be honest with you. I try to be like, all right, Lord, you got this. 
kind of just what Tom said this morning, right? Like, they're just having some things go on in their life, and, and, um, and he's overwhelmed, and, and he's like, but then I just remember, like, my mind needs to change. It's like, God has this, you know? But it, you don't always go there. You go to, like, what are we going to do? The, the money is going down, and the bills are going up, and, you know, uh, things are happening with our cars and, and all that kind of stuff, right? We, we've, we kind of naturally go to this, like, negative spot. And so we have, to, we have to grab a hold of that, and we have, to, we have to train our thoughts. We have to take every thought captive. Scientifically, it would say I'm creating new pathways. Spiritually, it says I'm letting God's word change and shape my mind, change my thinking. What we want to do is train towards truth. Last week, um, you, you know, you guys... Uh, I don't want to say that you didn't miss anything, but I'll kind of fill you in so you don't have to feel like you had to be here for everything last week. But last week, we talked about two things that we wanted to identify. Number one is we wanted to uh, identify a stronghold that's holding us back. And number two is that we want uh, what truth demolishes that stronghold. So we wanted to identify what stronghold is holding us back. What mindset is holding you hostage? There could be a number of things. I mean, some of it, it's, it's like, you know, where you identify is what we're talking about. When we say recognize those strongholds, identify where you're cross-wired at. You know, like, where's that miscommunication happening? Some of us, you know, just for some examples, it might be like, you know, I'll never get out of debt. You know, um, I can't trust anybody. Life is always bad to me. I'm always struggling with my weight. I'll never catch a break. I can't get close to anybody. All my relationships break, uh, break up. I mean, wherever that is, what, what lie of the enemy, what prison does he have you in that mindset? Because that's just not true. Where are you crosswired? Understand and, and, and kind of call out that stronghold so you understand where that's at in your life. And then you want to, what truth uh, demolishes that stronghold? You know, I'm not, in other words, you have to realize, like, I'm not what I have or what I buy. You know, my identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. There's a truth, right? I'm not about, it's not about my material or what I have. My identity, my, my, my whole being is who I am in Christ, that's the truth. That's, that's how we demolish those strongholds in our life. By God's power, I can change. Christ in me is stronger than my desires. Fight those strongholds. If God is for me, if he's with me, then I have all that I need. Because who could be against me? I'm talking about identifying those strongholds. It's going to be different. I mean, I'm saying pick one. Pick one. I mean, this is practical stuff. This isn't like, you know, come and hear a message this morning. It's like, let's have victory in this area. I just believe with all my heart that it is time for the church, the global church, the group of believers to start showing this world what it looks like to live victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. It's time. There's scary stuff happening in our culture. We have to grab a hold of these strongholds. We have to take every thought captive we have to wrestle with it, and we have to demolish it with the truth of God. It's amazing what his word can do in our life. So here's just a, a, a practical way um, as we're kind of closing up. Um, in a minute, Tom, you want to just maybe strum something? Like, just give it like a minute and then hop up here. Tom's the man.
tell him that every week, but he is. Um, so this is just a quick thing that I would tell you guys to do. And I, I strongly suggest that you do this. The first thing is, is that you need to identify a stronghold in your life. What brick or prison, if you will, in your mind has the enemy put around you that you're, you're buying into and you're believing? What is that for you? That you're inadequate, that you'll never get out of debt, that you know, you're, you're always going to be angry? Um, I've had, I had a gentleman in my office not too long ago that told me, hey, my wife knows it, I'm just always going to lust. Well, that's a brick, man. Get out of that lie because you don't have to live there. And so what is that that you need? What stronghold do you need to identify? And then what truth is going to demolish that? Those are two things that you have to decide. But when you do, what I want you to do, this is just the easy step, is write it down, think it, confess it, until you believe it. Write it down. Here is my stronghold. Think about the truth. Think about what you think about. If God is for me, who can be against me? Right? Think about it. Confess it. Lord, I know that you have my back. I know that you are for me. I know that you are greater than anything in this world that I will go through. I know it. Confess it until you believe it. Write it down. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. It's training. What goes in your mind matters. What goes in your mind matters because what goes in your thinking will come out of your life. It's just the way it goes. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You'll have setbacks and you'll have things that go on, but continue this pattern. Write it down. Think it. Confess it. Until you believe it. Some of you are maybe just, I like to give examples because sometimes it can be like a little bit difficult, but maybe, uh, I know this is a big one and, and I've even struggled in this area, is just worried all the time. I mean, not, not, you know, if you're out there and you're an anxious person, like you get this. This is demobilizing at times. This isn't just like, oh, I'm, you know, a little nervous about this. I mean, it can demobilize you. It can put you in bed for days. It can really mess with your, your gut, give you ulcers, things like that, headaches. You can get stiff necks and back aches from this stuff. I mean, this is the real deal. That's the real science behind things. The way you think changes your body. So God's word says, renew your minds. Change the way you think. Don't conform to this world. Understand that you are in this world, but you're not of this world. Change the way you think by transforming your mind. This is God's word. And so maybe our declaration, the way that we need to confess is just say, because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on, God's because he, on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. That's victorious. Maybe you're a person that you just, you know, you just don't understand God's will for your life or you're, you're just kind of saying, I don't, I don't understand uh, God's will, whatever that may be. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. Write it down, think it, confess it until you believe it.
these things can change your life because what goes in your mind comes out of your life. Maybe you lack confidence and you just confess and you say, and I'm just going to start to think, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives in me. I can do everything he calls me to do. You guys wouldn't mind standing with me here for the moment, if you can. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'd ask that you just stay for one more second after, just so I can ask something out of you guys, and then, and then we'll go. But I really just encourage us not to hear this message today and just kind of walk out those doors and say, yep, that was just another Sunday. Think about what you think about. Change your mind. You change your world. God wants to do something special in you, through you, with you. He wants to take you somewhere you've probably never thought you'd be. But it starts with winning the battle up here. What you think about matters. Write it down. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. I just want to pray for you. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that you even show us through um, science that, you know, uh, how you've wired us, how you've created us. And you show us that these things, the way we think, it doesn't just, it's not for nothing. It actually can change the chemistry of our brain and even affect our bodies in certain ways. So this is important. But ultimately, it can even damage our soul and our spirit. And so we want to just fix our eyes and our thoughts and our hearts on things that are worthy of praise are pure, that are admirable. Lord, help us as a local church and a global church be an example of what it looks like to, to think and have that mindset. We should be training the world in this area how to train your mind, how to fix our eyes on you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for this local church. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.